0: Hello, I'm Bruce Muley, Treasury Advisory Executive, and you're listening to the Treasury Insights podcast series. One of the highlights from our last on-time Treasury discussion on real-time payments is the inseparable connection between payment flows and data, and how it's actually the need for data that is a key factor driving the demand for new payment rails. Many treasurers are grappling with pressure from the business and consumers for on-demand, real-time data, There is a mind-boggling amount of new applications that require immediacy, but this level of on-time decision-making requires the right approach to data. That challenge is what we're talking about today with an on-time treasury perspective. I'm delighted to be joined by John Kuhn, Treasury Director for Global Financial Operations at the Dow Chemical Company, and Matthew Davies, Co-Head of Global Corporate Sales and Head of EMEA Global Transaction Services at Bank of America welcome John and Matthew. Hello Bruce, thank you for having me. Great to be here Bruce. John, why don't we kick off with you. As you think about on-time treasury, how may or may not this concept be relevant to Dow and your treasury function now and in the future?
1: We're a mature treasury operation which has evolved over many years. We have an in-house bank, we utilize on behalf of structures for both payments and receivables, And we were an early adopter of virtual accounts we have well-established processes that are highly standardized repeatable and reliable they are cost effective and scalable we have reviewed the potential opportunity for deploying more instant capability such as bank reporting apis and real time payments while they are appealing for certain situations i believe they may be somewhat overhyped and not as attractive to companies like ours to have an established payment and reporting infrastructure. We do see potential opportunity for deploying more on-demand or real-time processing, but we do not see a transformational shift away from our existing processes and setup. So in short, I saw a lot of parallels with how you are positioning on-time treasury and our situation at Dow.
0: Thanks, John. Your comments resonate with many of the discussions we're having with our clients. Essentially, hybrid is the reality, and the move to a more real-time execution will be progressive and selective based on value and need. Maybe just following on the same theme, do you feel that the actual move to a more real-time
1: process is inevitable? As technology continues to advance, it's inevitable. However, many of the tried-and-true systems and processes will not be going away anytime soon. In most cases, they don't need to. Depending on the area of business in which you operate, real-time processes can be attractive. In MA and and real estate transactions where timing of deal closings is critical, real-time treasury is appealing. But for most day-to-day operations, historical batch processing is sufficient. If we take wires as an example, and now same-day ACH payments in the US, how often does a company need to pay a counterparty quicker than the same day?
0: So John, if I hear you correctly, Stay close to the needs of your business, stay abreast with the tools and solutions available to you, but then carefully plan any introduction of any real-time execution in light of your existing processes. Just reiterating that hybrid is effectively the reality.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: Matthew, turning to you, one of the key concepts of on-time treasury is solving a need when it is needed. What do you see as being the drive for the need for immediate and on-demand data in Treasury?
2: It's a good question,
0: Bruce, and I think there's a number of
2: different answers there. You mentioned at the start this increasing connection between payments and the underlying data, and I think we see that coming more and more to the fore as there is a richness of data available. Also, think about data-rich consumer experiences. And actually, with that theme of a consumer experience, just think about how much more demanding we are in our personal lives around real-time access to data. And that always does tend to influence and lead into the corporate experience as well. But there is also, of course, this significant opportunity for data to transform and automate processes. And when you consider the pressure on resources within most treasury departments, that opportunity to automate processes is very attractive.
0: Thanks, Matthew. And Matthew, how do you think this is impacting the approach to core treasury decision-making? Maybe take, for example, daily cash positioning and the cash forecasting process.
2: So if you think about how we've evolved over the years, the daily cash management now is much more automated with modern pooling structures. Then there's always an automated fallback of overdraft lines as well. But each of these forecasts is limited by definition. And really, it's the speed of decision making means that the underlying data
0: is increasingly important. So what you're saying is that Treasury needs the underlying data or the best available data to hand, the interactive tools to execute upon any of those decisions, but not also forgetting the ability of their internal resources, people, to make those right decisions and carry them through. We'll stay with you, Matthew, just for now. We've identified there is an opportunity, but it needs to be taken in context. Let's focus on the opportunity first. What technologies do you see having the most impact?
2: Well, you know, it's interesting for a long time, for many years, where there's been a lot of hype and talk around AI and in particular machine learning. But I think that's really started to come to the fore in the last couple of years and really has been having the biggest impact in the forecasting space. And I think this has been largely driven by the increasing ability for companies, for vendors, and for fintechs to deliver out-of-the-box machine learning-based forecasting capabilities that don't require any programming, they don't require you to have a bunch of data scientists sitting within your team, and they don't really require a huge amount of technical knowledge from the treasury teams using them. So they're easy to deploy, easy to use. And I think also that coupled with the proliferation of APIs that we've seen in the last few years, that has made it increasingly easy for these providers to seamlessly connect all of the data that's needed to produce that forecast. That in itself is then further speeding up the ability to implement and use these next-generation forecasting tools.
0: Thanks, Matthew. I think one thing we can all agree on that cash forecasting has and remains the perennial problem for Treasury. And to echo your thoughts on some of the progress in this area, I think we've also seen significant advancement across the industry in terms of availability of quality data, the approach, or the multiple ways or methods in which you can look at cash forecasting. And then also some of the tools and the on-demand tools that are coming into the market or have been around the market but being deployed more readily now. And maybe, John, in reference to those on-demand tools we can move back to you in our discussions you talked about your exploratory work with a data visualization tool how do you see the potential of this type of tool for your treasury operation going forward
1: companies want a visualization tool of key metrics on display throughout the day to monitor what they view as key items i view it similar to a utility or chemical plant in which they are instrument control panels and gauges providing readings of how the machines in operation is running. Dashboards provide a similar feedback tool to Treasury. And John,
0: you also mentioned in our discussions that we were looking to implement a new Treasury management system. How do you see this new system improving your ability to deliver and in particular within an on-time capability?
1: Our current TMS was implemented 20 plus years ago and the underlying technology is likely 25 plus years old. So obviously things have changed on the technology front over the past 25 years. Some of the things that we will gain with the new TMS will include a more streamlined system infrastructure for managing our counterparties, fund settlement instructions and bank account management. Although our treasury system team does a great job of keeping our current TMS operational, the technology is old and in many cases no longer supported. So most of the support currently falls on our internal systems team. A new TMS will provide improved integration with our ERP system, with a subledger connecting the two. We will have the ability to model more treasure instruments, which we're currently unable to do with our very old antiquated system. And we'll make a giant leap forward in reporting capabilities, including the previously mentioned near time dashboards. With improved reporting, we'll be able to quickly identify where we need to focus our attention, we can position ourselves as not only cash managers, but as consultants to better support the business. So John,
0: after many years of improving the cost and efficiency of your internal process, it sounds like with the access to more timely and better information, it will enable you to turn your attention to supporting the business, effectively increasing Treasury's visibility and becoming the consultant to the
1: business. Yes, that is correct. We wanna be known more than just people that manage the cash, but how we can better support the operation.
0: Excellent. So I'm going to ask this next question to both of you, but we'll start with Matthew. Why aren't all treasurers embracing these opportunities? What challenges do you see with core data and IT infrastructure? Matthew.
2: I'm interested to hear John's answer because clearly he's much better place to answer that question. But from my perspective, I think one of the biggest hurdles is that many treasury teams are still unfamiliar with how the technology works as I was talking about just before and not entirely sure whether they can trust it. Treasury teams are making critical liquidity decisions every day based on their forecasts, And most of them feel like they need to be able to defend every input and every assumption in their forecast. Now, the best machine learning-based forecasting providers are making it very easy for treasury teams to assess both the historical accuracy of the forecast and also to know what inputs are being used to make those predictions. At the end of the day, treasury teams shouldn't feel like they need to be data scientists. As I said, you don't need to employ a bunch of data scientists to be able to use these AI-powered tools, but they do just need to be given enough tools and data to feel comfortable with the predictions that the model is producing, and also to be able to step in and make changes to their forecasts when situations change. No model, however good it is, could account for some of those changes that you might have to make. So, those would be my thoughts.
0: Thanks, Matthew. I'll just try and recap that a little bit. So, your thoughts are the tools are becoming more available or are already in place, but a key challenge for Treasury is to develop that internal capability to utilize those tools more effectively. And this may revolve around internal teams and people.
2: You're exactly right. And it's obviously going to cut across a number of different areas i think as these tools become more widespread i think that comfort level will grow and i think we will continue to see higher levels of adoption
0: turning back to you john let's redirect this question back to yourself you know around the thoughts on the opportunities and the challenges for treasury
1: bruce i don't feel that treasurers are not embracing these opportunities but like most initiatives there are two major challenges they need to overcome the balancing of resources of people and capital Treasury is rarely at the front end of the line when funds are being handed out for capital expenditures, nor do we have a bullpen of IT personnel just waiting for us to assign them a project. Treasury teams are typically a resourceful group that gets things done in spite of their system limitations. In some ways, Treasury is its own worst enemy for they are so resourceful. The processes they have to go through can be cumbersome and painful, but they typically deliver. We have to be creative and identify what can be accomplished with the resources we have. Many on-time treasury initiatives can be achieved with little to no cash outlay. For example, implementing efficient liquidity structures will enable you to concentrate your cash and make more timely decisions supported by good reporting, including the use of metrics and dashboards. For the larger projects, like implementing a TMS, a considerable amount of time needs to be invested in how to position them and the value it will bring to the organization. Include both opportunity cost and efficiency improvement savings. Don't be afraid to share your thoughts and ideas with your banks, for they might have helpful solutions or suggestions. Your bankers see what other corporates are doing and might be able to connect you with other companies, as well as help you avoid potential pitfalls. Key thing too is try not to let frustration creep in. It takes time to implement an efficient data and IT infrastructure but don't get discouraged. Keep pushing forward. Thanks, John. You introduced me
0: to a new phrase here, a bullpen of IT personnel. Moving on to the next question, maybe we'll start with you, Matthew, again on this one. What is the key takeaway for treasurers? What is the main opportunity for developing a data-driven, on-time treasury?
2: To begin with, I think you've got to make sure you're operating from a solid base. Like so these solutions aren't going to solve all of your problems if some of your key inputs are not correct or robust enough. And to John's point before, it takes time to really implement some of these structures well. Solid base to start from, getting the basics right, is obviously key. But to some extent, there has to be a bit of a change of perspective and really embrace the richness of data that is now available and the ease of use of some of the tools that are really allowing you to get the most out of that data. It's really that cultural shift is really a key
1: takeaway. And John, your thoughts? What I often see in treasury departments is that they attempt to implement automation before their house is in order and they've established a solid foundation. What I mean by this is focus on having an efficient account and liquidity structures. Depending on your situation, An efficient liquidity structure can mean different things. For some, it could be a physical pooling of DDAs, and for others, it could be using on behalf of virtual account structures with a combination of physical and notional pools. One size does not fit all in the treasury world. Depending on the size of your company, the line of business you are in, and where you're at currently on the technology journey, your needs will be different. Often companies believe they need to have a TMS in order to have a robust treasury operation. However, that is not always the case. The e-banking tools that are offered today, including B of A's Cash Pro Online, are powerful and able to automate a lot of cash positioning tasks, as well as provide great analytical tools. Leverage existing systems and identify where new technology can either complement or replace what is in place. I recommend treasurers recognize where they're currently at and build a roadmap of where they wanna be in three to five years. Failing to do this often results in a fragmented system infrastructure that requires considerable maintenance and future challenges. I also encourage them to identify where they can get quick wins to gain momentum while keeping the ultimate goal in mind, but never be content.
0: Great advice, John. I think it was Albert Einstein who coined the phrase, curiosity has its own reason for existence. Just moving to the final question, And to finish, just wanted to round back to the title for the podcast and get your response to that. Is it the end of
1: the line for the daily cash position? Maybe, John, you can reply to that to start with. No, at least not in the foreseeable future. In the world of cash management, every day is a fresh start, and you need to first determine where you're at in order to predict where you will end. And Matthew?
2: I don't think it's a simple case of stop, start, and this is more about evolution. I think the daily cash position will remain, but it's increasingly just gonna be one element of a much richer set of data elements that are used to drive treasury decision-making.
0: Thanks, Matthew. This topic of data has so many interesting elements to it, and we could be here for hours, but unfortunately that's all the time we have for this podcast. We've touched on the topic of liquidity structures today, and how they support automation and the limits of forecasting. That's the topic we will dive into on our next on-time Treasury podcast. But for now, I want to thank our experts, John Kuhn and Matthew Davies for their insights today.
1: Thank you, Bruce. Thanks, Bruce.
0: I'm Bruce Muley and my co-hosts have been John Kuhn and Matthew Davies. Thank you for listening to the Treasury Insights podcast series.
3: Bank of America and B of A Securities are the marketing names used by the global banking and global markets divisions of Bank of America Corporation. Lending, other commercial banking activities, and trading in certain financial instruments are performed globally by banking affiliates of Bank of America Corporation, including Bank of America NA member FDIC. Trading and securities and financial instruments and strategic advisory and other investment banking activities are performed globally by investment banking affiliates of Bank of America Corporation, investment banking affiliates, including in the United States, B of A Securities Incorporated and Merrill Lynch Professional Clearing Corp., both of which are registered broker dealers and members of SIPC and in other jurisdictions by locally registered entities. B of A Securities Incorporated and Merrill Lynch Professional Clearing Corp are registered as futures commission merchants with the CFTC and are members of the NFA. Investment products offered by investment banking affiliates are not FDIC insured, may lose value, and are not bank guaranteed.